This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. Let's talk about 2021, shall we? How exciting. In this episode, I share with you the seven ways that you can run a more gentle business and still make a profit. This is a really important topic because when we talk about doing things more gently, with more compassion, with more kindness, even slower, the concept can be misconstrued as something that means we're not aiming for success, that we're not aiming harder or faster or bigger. Some of us might not be, but it doesn't have to automatically mean that. And where I think we can get mixed up in running a business, and particularly an online business, and particularly a coaching business, is that we have to push harder. We have to keep getting bigger and growing and hustling, which I've talked about before. We don't have to do those things. What we do need to do is make some really clear decisions about what our actions mean for us. And I talk about that within these seven ways. So how to run a gentle business and make a profit. Specifically, of course, I'm going to refer to how to run a gentle coaching business. But this topic actually will be really important for anyone else who's in that online sphere, um, who certainly services other people, and even for product-based businesses. This is more about the concepts It's going to have strategy and mindset in it, so I hope you enjoy. The first way you're going to run a more gentle business and still make a profit is the gentle side. Honestly, do less. Please just do less. Try to stop doing so much. Never has this been more relevant for me than this year because of two main things. I had a baby in quite um, interesting circumstances (laughs) and coronavirus. So I had to make really, really big decisions about what I couldn't do and no longer wanted to do. And I actually started those decisions about two years ago. And because of COVID, it has changed the way that lots of us are working as well. And so things that I may well have chosen to do, I couldn't. But I was thankful for that because it stopped me wandering. It gave me boundaries that I actually needed even more to be able to not start or do things that could have been in the planning. Two examples of that really would be, it's possible, certainly if I hadn't had the baby, I might be thinking about another retreat, um, which I loved and everyone who came on it loved, but we haven't been able to do one and therefore I haven't tried to do one. (laughs) So I haven't tried to promote it or share it or think about it or organise it. And that bit can be hard. So I am thankful that I haven't had to think about that. I'm sad that we haven't been able to do another retreat, but it's not something I'm actually going to hold on to and worry about. I feel really good about the service that I am offering now, as well as, you know, anything else that we might plan. So that's one example. Another example I've spoken about, which is a bit controversial, is workshops. I actually really like online workshops, hosting them. I love going to other people's in-person workshops. I don't think I want to particularly organise an in-person workshop or event right now. It's not where my joy lies and I'm so happy to admit that 
because I think that I'm meant to say, oh, I can't wait to host you all in a lovely auditorium in 2021. No, I want to attend them and I want to come to yours. Oh, and I'll always be on a panel. I don't think I want to organise one. So that made me do less. But I've always tried to go by the principle of being really, really efficient anyway. Life circumstances have made me even more so. And I am only pleased with the result. So please try to do less. Let's talk about coaching in particular. We can be led into the belief that we have to do a lot of stuff to show, you know, that we're part of the industry or part of the success that we want. And that can mean doing multiple services at the same time. I don't begrudge you. I don't think you shouldn't try those things. um, But you won't be able to give your all and service the people that you're looking after without a big team I would say you can do it when you've got support so if you don't have support yet or even if you have support I still want you to be able to say those are the services that I do want to run these are the services that I don't also notice the difference between saying no to a service because it's not right for you versus one that you're scared of but you're interested in there's the difficulty I can't answer that for you. You may only find that out once you've run something or you've combined a membership alongside high-end one-to-one services and organising an event and running you know, a partnership with somebody. You only maybe realise you don't like one or two of them once you've done them and you've done them all together and you're burnt out. So just try and do less. Honestly, biggest piece of advice I can give you. Number two, I'd love you to... Once you've decided to do less, double down on the thing that you love the most and that you know the people that you're servicing love the most too. It really doesn't have to be more complicated than that. We can go into what we mean by love the most. So the thing you feel most passionate about, the thing that your clients get really good results from as well, that's really important. Don't just do it because it looks good and you're not getting great results. It's the thing that matches the middle. And this particularly is relevant for service-based entrepreneurs. Equally, it could be for products. If you know that there's something that you sell really well, you love it being produced, you love producing it yourself, you love when your clients buy that thing, why not make that more of what you do? You are going to then come into the conversation about niching and that can be one for later down the line in terms of whether you change your whole messaging to go around that one service or that core offer. But for the moment, just don't let that worry you and stop you from making the decision first. Double down on the thing you love the most. When I was first going through surrogacy um, process about a year and a half ago, my coach at the time, who I really, really rate, actually said to me, I, are you going to want to work just with one-to-one clients when you have a baby? And it may not have been right for her or for other people, but it felt right to me and it is feeling right now. Other people might say, yeah, but I want to reach thousands of people with not much effort you know, so you might run a community or I want to be able to service an online group without being present. So you might launch your online program without you needing to be there. Sure, that if that's what you want and it would suit you and it would suit your clients and you can do the bits around it, I totally advocate for you doing that. I just knew it's easier for me to work one-to-one with my clients the way that I work than it is for actually, you know, selling or promoting a course that I'm not there for right now. So I just knew instinctively that's what I wanted to be doing. And so I doubled down on my one-to-one services. I'm probably going to add services in again, just not right now. 
And so I want you to really think about that. That's how you can be more gentle. Do the service that has a great impact, that you know your clients love, that you know you love delivering. It can be as simple as that. Number three, these are all sort of doing uh, actions so far. Number three, obviously, if you're going to make a profit, you need to know how much money you're going to be bringing in. You also need to know how much you're going to be spending. And I cannot tell you the number of times I've worked with coaches or people to support me and also spoken to clients and we haven't talked about yet the amount of money that they want to spend on their business. So please, if you're going to think about your profit even more and you want to increase your profit in 2021, I really want you to have a really good plan about what services you offer, how much you charge for them, how many people you would like to sell them to, and the profit that you will make from that, because that is the only way that you'll work out your profit. Well, you'll also work it out by working out your expenses. There are some really good resources to look up on this. One is Claire Seal, who is My Frugal Year, and she started off, I don't know, her Instagram account about a year, two ago, by sort of this admission, and it was private, that she was in debt and she wanted to get out of debt. Um, and she's really done well to sort of promote this is personal debt for her but she's got a new journal out which I have no doubt is going to be helpful in terms of home finances and things you start to think about in your business as well Um, I'll tag her in this episode notes and the show notes the other account and book is Vespod uh, Emily Bellet and she has a book called You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich. It's got a bright yellow title, if you know what that looks like. I have told clients about that numerous times over the last year or two that it's been out. It's a really good way to think about your mindset around money and thinking about profit and taking control of it for yourself. I also really advise looking at not too many podcasts or you know things that are going to get you lost or overwhelmed but attending talks and there are really good ones online at the moment I actually didn't manage to make this one but I'm going to reference it because it looked good which is the found and flourish financial talk on the 9th of December I think it was and it had a lot of the people that I really like um, and respect around money talking there and what that can really do for you is pull you into the conversation about money and for your business and your mindset. So your mindset around business, of course, I'm going to say this as well, has to be, I'm here to make my business successful. I'm here to make a profit. And one of the ways I'll work with people is to look at this business growing for them so they can continue to be really healthy and abundant, but also have time off and not for that money to get to a point where it's a weight around their neck and they have to be omnipresent on social media and they have to feel like they are completely burnt out because they're earning this amount of money. So I really want you to think about your gentle business and what level of money you need, what level of profit you need in your business and your household for it to do two things, like to reach the level that you want and to be able to say, I have freedom still. So allowing yourself to be part of those conversations, listening to the people that you really like around money and around making it easier, more kind to yourself is really important for your business to be profitable and to be more gentle on yourself and make more success in the end too. Right, number four is again on a practical sense and then we're moving to slightly more mindset. So number four is 
A really common one you will have heard before is outsource where and when you can. Meaning, if it's possible, you may want to and might need to outsource and spend money before you necessarily have all the money that you want. I'm not an advocate for you getting into debt, for you going into lots of overdrafts or even any overdraft. But what we need to balance that with is also knowing if I spend four days trying to update my website and set up a masterclass and do Facebook ads that could have taken one or two other people half a day. And in doing so, I spend those four days talking to clients and talking to new clients because I happen to be having conversations with them anyway. Is it worth my time and is it worth not spending that money? That's the kind of decisions that you are probably making a lot of the time. And I really want you to be able to get clear where you can be more efficient in those decisions, because often we might think on um, spending money on outsourcing and think about it for two or three months. And then suddenly we don't do it, but we're still thinking about the thing we wanted to do or we suddenly do it and we could have done it three months previously. Outsourcing when it's possible. So that might be financially possible, but also mentally possible for you so that you free up time to spend more efficient time on, for example, that service that you've decided to double down on. And I really want you to know this takes confidence, it takes clarity in your finances, and it also takes um, guts to be able to say, I can't do this, I don't want to spend time doing this, my time is better spent elsewhere. But what I need to tell you is you have to spend that time better elsewhere. You can't always just say I'm going to outsource that and I'm going to go and do nothing that's where the difficulty lies and the nuance in this conversation isn't always there it's lost Um, because you do need to then go and do the thing you were going to do in order to create the income so increase your income and this is where the gentle business part gets complicated too because I'm saying you'll be kinder to yourself if you outsource it on the right things but don't be lazy, don't go and do nothing. Yet what you actually might need to do is outsource so that you can rest. (laughs) So I can't say that I know what you should do, but you will know, you'll be instinctive enough to know that you need to outsource in order to spend better time elsewhere and how you spend that time is important for you to look at. Okay, number five, six and seven are all a bit more mindset um, thinking wise. Number five, for you to be able to run a more gentle business and make a profit. I really want you to think about your expression and having freedom of expression. When I'm saying this into the podcast, I'm using my hands and they're going out like, oh, like you're leaving a weight behind. In this part, number five, there comes another part of the message as well which is really showing up as the expert you are and I say this because a lot of us are holding back and being quite scared to say stuff or worried about the implications of what we say or worried about how we show up or worried about how we come across. I'm not saying you you should completely lose that like it's nice to have concerns and to be thinking about what we're saying also for many of us and certainly the people I come across like me are 
usually highly sensitive people and we overthink and we overprocess and we let that stop us from expressing what it is we need and what the people that would really benefit from hearing from us also want to hear. So to be, this is really the gentle part as well. Like stop, just stop stopping yourself. Allow yourself some freedom of expression. And I say this again and I'm breathing out because it's just like, just say the things that you know are going to benefit the people that you want to work with. And it's easier said than done, sure. But I really want you to know that you're not alone in this. And the people who have done it, who have gone on to share and say and act in the way that is much more around how they feel they can express themselves are experiencing so much freedom um freedom in themselves like the tension the anxiety the worry the overthinking goes and the more you do that the more feedback you get from yourself from your body but also external validation and then you realize of course this is right of course i want to be saying this stuff of course i want to be sharing this and it carries on and it builds and it builds as confidence likewise that's you showing up as an expert i've shared this somewhere before lots of places that i didn't think I could say I was a psychologist for such a long time. I didn't think I could um, because I wasn't sure actually that was the title I was allowed to use. And then I realised I could and then I didn't share it for ages. And that's interesting, isn't it? Why on earth wouldn't you share that? And I do now really proudly and happily. Sure, mate, imposter syndrome comes into that. But the point is, show up as the expert you are. Share the stuff you know. You're not a know-it-all. You're not a you know, someone who just is rocking on up saying something that you read yesterday, you've got experience and skills and knowledge. And maybe even if you're just at the beginning bit of your business journey, you've still got experience, skills and knowledge that you've brought from all the places that you've been before. I know you have because that's who I tend to attract and work with. So use it. Don't be scared of it. Give yourself freedom of expression. Show up as the expert, your audience, your clients, the people you want to connect with need to see in you so that you give them confidence. You give them the ability to do the same. Um, In my last episode, I talked a bit about the pyramid scheme of coaching. Now, here is where a pyramid is brilliant, because if you show up and express yourself, other people feel they can. And then other people in their sphere of influence feel they can. Guess how brilliant that is to keep going okay number six is i would like you in order to run a more gentle business you're gonna have to forgive yourself probably a lot more than you already are this is where the compassionate kindness bit really comes to the fore i really want you to forgive yourself for the things that you might feel you haven't done the things that you might feel you are not good at the things you might feel are weighing on your mind, the things you might feel constantly play over and over that stop you from doing stuff, the things that you already feel you're not successful at, the things that you feel you can't try, conversations you're holding on to that are not helpful to you. I bet all of that is going through your mind at some point during a working week, a working month, a working day, maybe. And you have to forgive yourself for those things Because if you let them carry on, they will just stop you and they will stop you being creative. They will stop you being inspired. They will stop you 
having that freedom of expression that I mentioned in number five, they will stop you feeling like you can push for the profit that you want, deserve. They will stop you from making those decisions about outsourcing. They will stop you from making bold decisions about doing this, even though I've ended up using number six, you know, at number six, this really could be number one. Forgive yourself for the stuff you haven't done. I'll give you an example of mine. It's pretty big, actually. I'm happy to share it here. I've been doing coaching in my own business for seven years. It might even be eight. I need to check that out. I don't necessarily have wild financial claims. And I sometimes think to myself, hmm, that means I'm not a very good coach. Or that means I'm not very good at this. But you have to be able to look at what you've done in that time and build up your experience and knowledge and skills and know that it's not all about that wild financial claim. And I could let that carry on in my mind. I could let that eat away at me and therefore stop me completely doing the work that I do. But I don't and I won't because it's not the whole part of my story. It's not the whole part of how I work with my clients. It's not the whole part of me running the business I do. And so I really want you to check out what is it that you're constantly going back to? The belief, the thought, the feeling. You have to learn to forgive yourself for that. Of course, there are ways. That's not what this episode is about. But you just have to be able to say, I can forgive myself for this because it is holding me back. And the more that you're able to forgive yourself, the more you'll be able to then be present and move forward. Really powerful. I'm going to be honest and say number seven is a bit sneaky because it is sort of like number six, but it is so important on its own to end with. I really want you to let go of the past. This comes into the fore when we think about maybe this stuff that we've tried in our business that we thought wasn't so good or wasn't successful or failed and I really want you to be able to say, these are the ways that I've experienced this service or this part of my business or this attempt. It has taught me this and I am able to grow from that. In order to be able to make profit, we have to be able to know what has and hasn't worked in the past. Sure, if you're quite new, what has and hasn't worked for other people is helpful. But I also know that you will need to experiment yourself and when you've done some experimentation, we have to be able to let go. Again, if you come back to number one and number two, which is around doing less, that's about letting go. Number two was about kind of doubling down on the service or the specific thing that you love doing. That's about letting go. So ultimately, at the end of all this, let go. Let go of the constrictions that you feel. Let go, sure, number six of the past, but let go of the stuff that is just holding you back so that you can build and grow in a really kind and gentle way. And this is the epitome of the message of gentle. Gentle doesn't have to be slow, soft, doing nothing. Gentle can be those things and pushing with exactly the right energy that you have. Being in full flow, which can be very energetic. Being able to say, do, have, feel the things that you really feel in full alignment. That's how we fully get to a more gentle business and life. And alongside that, with our business being profitable in moving forward kindly, compassionately, efficiently. Those are my seven ways that you can run a more gentle business and make a profit. 
in 2021. Hope you've enjoyed them. Thanks for listening to this today. There'll be one more episode before Christmas and New Year. And if you would like to hear more about some of the things I discuss in this podcast, I'm running a masterclass on a really cool date, actually, because I don't always have amazing feelings about the period between Christmas and New Year. And in the past, I've done an email series, which has been really well received. And this year, I'm going to do a masterclass on Monday, the 28th of December. It's specifically for service-based businesses who are looking to set up their 2021 in a really efficient, gentle and profitable way. The details to sign up will be in the show notes for the podcast and you can find out more from my Instagram as well, Gentle Life Mindful Business. As ever, you can also contact me on my website, which will be linked on the show notes and let me know what you think about this episode and whether you will implement these seven ways in 2021 yourself. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge. To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.